You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Let's read Psalm 133. All right, Bible says, Behold. Behold is not asking you to become old. It tells you to look at something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Behold, how good, how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. Next verse. It's like a precious ointment upon the earth that ran upon the bed of Aaron that went thou his skirt of his garments as the dew of heaven that descended upon the Mount Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. That's where I'm going. Have your say this morning. God bless you. Prepare to say amen loud and clear. Amen. All through the message. Amen. Now the Bible says, there God has commanded blessing. So first service we talk about the fact that there are blessings or there are things that God had put his blessing upon. So in Psalm 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We said that for service. So that means if you choose not to walk in an ungodly way, there is a measure of blessing attached to, the, to that. Now, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Bible says, If thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, in observing to do all that he asks you today, he said, then this blessings, verse 2, shall come upon you and overtake you. So there is a blessing for listening to an instruction from God or from God's word. Obeying his voice in that sense or doing his word. So there is a blessing where there is unity. When people unite as a family, when people unite as a church, when people unite as friends and none is backbiting, none is gossiping about others, they say the same thing, they say things the same way, there is a blessing allotted to them for being united together. Is that clear? That's what the Bible says, there the Lord has commanded blessing. Where? He said, how good, how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. So unity pro produces or attract a measure of blessing. And if you look all through the Bible, there are many things, many steps that you can take and then they cause the blessing of God to uh, be found in what you do. But like I said for service, we are looking at the greatest part of it. God always sends man to bless man. When an unction of the Spirit of God is about to be released into your life, He sends someone to speak a word to you, and that will speak a word over you, not to you. And that word takes you to another level. So we end the first service by saying that Balaam requested that it should be set up at the pinnacle of a mountain or a mountain cliff to be able to sit the people down so that he could speak over them. And whatever he said over there was going to come to pass. 
And I said, that's about all I will say about Fossa. The difference between men of those days and men of now is that people believe the blessing then. Most people don't believe the blessing now. People want somebody to give something material to them. As opposed to the blessing, it is intangible, but it produces tangible results. So on that day, it's like a curse also. A curse is an empowerment to fail in life. An empowerment to be subjected to a particular condition. If there is a curse of untimely death, no matter how well they obey the laws of health, eat well, it will catch up with them. Because there is a force released to walk on and around the person who has incurred the curse. The blessing also is an empowerment to prosper. An empowerment to do well that is beyond what you do physically. You do things, you are diligent, you work, yes. But there is something extra on what you do. So Joseph was a prisoner. The guy in charge of the prison did not know anything about his father loving him more than the rest of the kings. But because Joseph came from the lineage of Jacob and he carried the blessing, as soon as he landed in the prison, somehow the prisoner recognized, or the prison warder, or the warden officer recognized something about it. It's caused something because it can be described at times. So he was a slave. And the owner of the house handed over everything to him. When he starts work in your life, it lifts you up in such a way that somehow it begins to fabricate good things all around you, that all things will work together for your good. But it's an intangible substance. Just like you see the wind, or you see the effect of the wind, but you don't see the wind. You know wind is blowing by the effect it creates, not by seeing the wind itself. The blessing is invisible. The blessing is not tangible, but it produces tangible results. Results that cannot be denied. But then, let's start with the men of old. They understood. So as soon as Isaac said to Jacob, blessed him and he came out, they had not seen any results yet. Esau was already crying. My father. Esau understood that by the virtue of what this man said, a new life, Jacob has been put ahead of me in life and there's nothing I can do about it. He was here to experiment the effect of the world. He just believed that something happened. The same thing. But please listen to first service because I want to start from here. So, Reuben was one guy in the Bible that demonstrated the two. The curse and the blessing. So in Genesis 49, let's read. Because somehow, while they were camping somewhere, Reuben had an affair with his father's concubine. One of the concubines of the father. And one of the brothers saw it and told the father. You see, sin turns a man to a slave. When you are secret, when you have done things that you should not do, it robs you of your boldness and your confidence in life. If a man gets himself involved with a lady that is not his wife, especially if it's a Christian, then fear begins about who she might tell. Well, unbelievers don't care, tell anybody. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But 
You understand what I'm saying? That events in Reuben's life was the reason why he had no mouth to stop them from selling Joseph. If you read the story very well, Reuben never wanted them to sell his brother. And he was the firstborn. He had double portion of authority. But because he had done something and they had seen him, because the idea to sell Joseph came from Levi and Simeon. That was when the father wanted to bless them in Genesis 49. As they stood before him, he said, mm, Simon and Levi, he said, instrument of cruelty. He said, oh my soul, stay away from them. He said, in their anger, they slew a man. They were the toughest. Because if you look at the story, you can begin to eliminate the rest. In those days, some of the children out of the 12 guys, some were born by legitimate wives, some were born by concubine. The sons of Reuben wouldn't have the same authority with the son of the real woman. So Reuben was the firstborn. Simeon was the secondborn. Levi was the fourthborn. Judah was the fourth. If there was any initiative to do anything, it must come from these four. And the one with the highest authority was Reuben. So in the story, Judah was the one that said, don't let us kill him. Don't let us kill our brother. Let us sell him. That was his own idea. The Bible says Reuben said, okay, Let's put him inside this pit. And the Bible puts it in brackets because he was thinking of coming back to rescue him and take him back to his father. Why didn't he say that, guys? What, what do you mean? You want, you want to kill who? You want to kill my brother when I'm here? You can't kill Joseph. I'm the firstborn. But he did have mouth because if he had said so, Simeon would have said that we should not do it. Oh, no problem. Only that when we get to him, I would just say, I saw you and Bilia in your bedroom. And uh, Reuben one day said, don't sell him. Then Simeon looked at him there. Oga, <laughs> are you playing Mr. Righteous now? <laughs> we, we are bad. Yes, we are selling our brother. But what about you? You'll stay with your father's wife. So he couldn't talk. And that must have been, Joseph wanted to deal with them, but he decided to forgive. Remember, when they came to Egypt and they didn't know he was the one, who did they arrest? Simeon. <laughs> he was going to show the guy. He told them that let one of you stay back. Go and tell your father. You know, it, it was a very emotional sight. They were speaking Hebrew. He was speaking probably Aramic or Egyptian. And they didn't know what he was saying, but they didn't know what he was one. As he was harassing them, they were talking about one of them. They didn't I tell you guys. I said, make you no sell the guy. He said, his blood is crying on us now. And the guy they're talking about was the one standing before them. So Joseph was like, really, my blood. <laughs> my blood is still inside me. <laughs> then he said, no, 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 you are spies. I'm going to arrest all of you. Amen. <laughs> anyway, now, Reuben had gone to his father's bed, Genesis 49, and Jacob said, remember also that first service I spoke about the father. It's not something that a pastor, a man of God, a father or a spiritual will just wake up and start talking. These words are at the instance of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, of the unction of the moment. You speak as you are moved by the Spirit, but then it is propelled or provoked when you obey an instruction. So Isaac woke up and he said, Son, I want to bless you. I'm feeling the unction now. But it's like this thing is transactional. It's like I, I want to bless you, but you have to do something for the blessing to come. And when it was the someone, it was the second brother that did it, it was the one that went in with the blessing. 
That means the blessing has something to do with two things. Number one, it must be pronounced on you by a mortal man. Number two, it is pronounced after an instruction is obeyed. You don't get that. Amen. Remember, we started with Melchizedek and Abraham. God had blessed Abraham. But that was God to Abraham. So what God said to Abraham became the promise. Hebrews 7 says that he that had the promise was blessed by Melchizedek. So the one that has the promise must be the one that carries the blessing. Did you get that? Hallelujah. In spite of the rain, I need response. Can I hear amen? Should I tell them what I told you for service? <laughs> Should I tell you what I told them for service? The presence of God sometimes gets very strong here. Angels respond when you say amen. There are angels who make it a reality in your life. Church is a mistake to keep quiet in church in the name of being refined and you can... They are walking past with blessings and you are missing out if you are too quiet. It's true. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes, it will always be louder now. Africans like that. But you don't have to wait for somebody to tell you that. A few times my spiritual eyes are open to see what is going on. Not every time. But I've been trained to know that whether I see or I don't see, it doesn't matter. What the Lord is doing is doing. That was how I corrected that notion for service. If you feel you are inferior to any Christian because you don't see a vision, you are in trouble already. If God does not arrange that you should see one, it does not matter. God is with you, that's all. You are here today now. Okay, fine. You have not seen any vision, but you are still alive. You understand what I'm saying? The way God deals with you, you should watch you find out how God speaks to you. Some of you, till Jesus comes, all you will hear is just a voice inside you. That voice will lead you to the greatest height in this world if you learn to follow it. If you start seeking for what God has not ordained to be on your path, it's an effort in futility. And that's happening to a lot of people. Because you've heard people talk about seeing this, you want to see. And as long as you don't see, you don't really believe that God is doing something mighty in your life. Says who? The verse he gives you is more powerful than seven visions put together. Can I hear a loud amen to that? So this is why people respect when somebody stands before them and it shakes. Mm. Ah, Sister, what I'm seeing is not good. And they are like, ah, I, I see a black creature behind you and a blue one beside you. And then they are like, ah, so what's going on? Said so there's about to be an accident around you. Men and brothers, speak loud and reject that with immediate effect. There is no accident on my part, period. Thank you, man, but there's no accident. And walk away. Otherwise, you are bound. Those who give themselves to the experiences like that will multiply around you. More and more people will start coming and be giving you one word, one dream, one this, one that. It was about 15 years ago that somebody said they saw me swimming in a pool of blood. I said, I've heard. Bible says I shall not die. 15 years after, I'm still here. Now, I don't know where the person is pool of blood. That must be the blood of Jesus. That, that's the only blood that can. That's the blood we are swimming in. For the Bible says we have been washed in his blood. Listen. Let me say this. If God will send somebody to prophetically tell you something, let it be somebody in your knowledge. That means if a pastor in this church, a leader in this church, or a member in this church, somebody that you pray with, 
What God does not, I, I don't want to go into too many things today. If people understand God, there are things they will not lord over people. God doesn't work like by just arranging every form. He might do it occasionally, but many times it's not God. Picking a stranger to just meet you and be telling you things. Listen to me. When Moses was going to say, when he was coming they the anointing, he needed help. God told him that, bring 70 elders that you know to be elders. God did not select the 70 for Moses. He told Moses, 70 guys that you can trust. If you call them, I will put the anointing on them. But you are the one that will call them. So Moses was one that said, you, 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 and you. It is important. The spiritual family you belong to. All things, all things, all things. At the workers' party, I told them something quite um, awesome. Dr. Paul in nature is a very, very anointed, powerful man of God. I met him in September. I was in his office. He's such a humble, with many supernatural flowing around him. And a pastor of a particular church, which I don't want to mention, had been in Abuja for many years, a very popular church, and he has been barren himself and his wife for many years. His friend, who was Dr. Paul's friend, just shared the testimony of how many people Dr. Paul prayed for, and they conceived, and it is true. And he said, come and meet Dr. Paul. I said, I know Dr. Paul in nature. I love him. He's an anointed man. He said, but so, so, so person is our senior pastor. He said, whatever his anointing cannot do in my life, let it not be done. 11 months after that, he had a child. Those are solid, immovable people. Look at this person. I honor that man. I thank God for him. He said, I even know people who got their miracle by attending his program. He said, but I belong to this family and I'm not going to do that. Because anyone you meet, if it is God that sends a blessing, then God knows who you are. Are you with me? Yeah. See, so last time uh, my friend, Pastor who is a prophet, came out, there was a woman that almost tore my intense time up that I wanted to see him. I want to see him out. And I'm a very simple person, even though I'm changing now. I'm still simple, but I'm changing in some ways. I said, no problem. And then she went, and then she told me that I wrote a check for him, but I forgot to put I knew that it was just a, a script she was playing. That I wrote, I, I said, you want to see him? That's what, I'm not the type that, I'm, I'm not, I'm too secure to be. I said, I'm not bothered about that. I will take you to him. I will give you his number and everything. Even though it's time I said, just, these are not the ways of God. Those who just like to run around every, so she went there. And then, about how many weeks after? I think it was me and Pete George. We just stopped in GRA to say hi to my friend. And when we entered the office, we saw her there on the stage. So she was looking down. So I tapped her. So I said, don't look down. I'm not angry that you are here. It doesn't mean anything to me. She now, hey, Pastor, I, I forgot to tell him something that day when I brought the chair. That's why I said, you don't need to explain to why you are here. I'm not in control of your life. It doesn't, but I knew she was lying all like She just, so. Then about a month after, once about time when we were in GRA, we stopped by the same office. We saw her there again. That should be like about 10 years ago. Nine years after I saw her again, what she was going for, the situation is still in her life. Was still the last, the last time I saw her. Sometimes you wonder why people just don't understand how God functions. Yeah. Last time apostle was here, somebody said I wanted to see him. Apostle, she, the same thing, the apostle forced me, and apostle sat at the hotel, just looked at the apostle, and I said, with all the prayers of the you want to see me. He said, well, are you a member of so-so church? He said, yes. He said, I believe the word of God is and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he got up and walked away on that. So I'm looking at the woman. I said, you see. You can't stop some people from. 
it's not my, they are not my focus. Let, 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 let's go back to what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So give me Genesis 49. Let's fly. I said to be a short service. I'm going to stop by 11.30 precisely. And I'll be doing that every Sunday. I will stop whenever it's 11.30. I'm now very obedient to time. Amen. <laughs> Jacob called his son and said, Gather yourself together that I may tell you that which will befall you in the last day. Look at audacity. Jacob was not a problem. He was just sure. He said, Whatever I tell you, that is what is going to happen to you. If you belong to a spiritual family, the anointed person there can set your future. Say amen. Yeah. And there are living witnesses in this church. Say, if you go back first, first time, look at it. See, one of the things you need to change, become like the patron. They believe every word their father spoke over them. Before the effect, one was already crying that the father didn't bless him. One was already rejoicing. They had not done anything with the blessing, yet they were already. It was an, that assurance is needed for whatever is spoken over you to happen. When Jacob said, when Esau said, Isaac said to Esau, go and hunt that I might bless you. The guy ran out to go and hunt. He just knew that this is my moment. Every instruction given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is a golden moment for everybody in the church. It is true. Look at the testimony they read this morning. Honestly speaking, God does not select people. God is not partial. I'll turn to 34. God is not a respecter of person. He is not a rest. He doesn't choose to honor some and leave the rest. When this, an instruction is given, as many, as many, as many, as many, who will obey, something's going to happen. As many. I was praying one day. That's why it was going to be an attitude of prayer. And it was Mike Mudok on TBA. They were raising money for something. And Mike Mudok began to speak and he began to pray. And I decided we, all we had there was 180,000. We did. We gave it. 180,000. And about three weeks after that, somebody woke up to me and gave 5 million. They paid to someone's account here. So it's an open thing. 5 million naira. The guy. Yeah, no, 4.8, not 5, 4.8 million. What happened? I had prayed for him three weeks before then. Three weeks after I met somebody and the person gave me 48 million now to start a, a business. And he said, I'm going to give the tithe. And I said, oh, please send it to church. He said, no, 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 no. I'm saying to since, And I said before, everybody with the leaders know, I still carried and transferred it back to the church, everything. Because I just felt you shouldn't give to me and everything. The, the idea is the fact that, see, our unbelief, and our ways that are set, we've been set in our ways, is costing us so much. If you believe in what's being spoken and you respond by faith, something. So this guy looked at Ruben. I said, gather yourself, you sons of Jacob. Verse 3. Ruben, you are my firstborn. The beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Oh my God. He just put a cap on Reuben's head. I wonder how Reuben felt that they're going out of the father's bedroom. Knowing that Jacob has set it. So Reuben knew from that day, no matter what I do, I cannot excel in life. I can imagine him looking down and saying that God, when a person is in that situation in the Old Testament, all they could do was to cry for mercy. Lord have mercy. And you see, this was the cause. 
But as if God heard the voice of Reuben, when a man speaks and he said it, another man can unset it. It is by the Spirit. Everything Jacob said, he said it by the Spirit. He called Joseph a fruitful bow, and that was what happened to Joseph. When Joseph stood before, he said, Joseph, you are a fruitful bow by the word whose branches leap over the wall. That's extreme fruitfulness. He said, I remember the archers have shot at you. They have ate. He said, but your bow remains strong. He said, the arms of your strength, made strong by God of Jacob, the stone and the shepherd of Israel. He said, but my God who helps you and the Almighty who blesses you, with the blessing of the heaven above, with the blessing of the earth beneath, with the blessing of the bread and of the womb, he said, the blessing of your life, it has exceeded that of your progenitors. He was showering this on one man. When Judah stood for he said, Judah, it is you that your brethren will be. He said, your hand is on the neck of your enemy. He said, Judah is like a lion. So he said, from a prey, you've gone up, oh, my son. He said, like a mighty lion, you tear down. You couch, you will arose you. He said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. No Lord give up from between his until Shiloh comes. So him shall be the obedience of the people. He bind his hands to the, uh, uh, to the vine and his choices are to the choice vine. He said, your garments is in wine and your clothes in the blood of grain. That was a bogus blessing. Out of all of them, he blessed Joseph and Judah more. But he cursed Reuben. But thank God, something happened in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 3. So another man of God came by the name Moses. Oh, bless God for Moses. The unction like Moses is here this morning. Give me Deuteronomy 33. 33, not 3. Deuteronomy 33. And this is the blessing where the Moses, the man of God. Hiya. Do you recognize a man of God around you? This is how it happens. Listen. I said, all this, okay, come. All the ancestral causes in your life. There was, you say, you have seven causes. One, 1992. One, 1957. The last one, the strongest, the conquest. 1918. Somebody says something to your grandpa and said, God does not have time to do that. When God sees a man under a curse, all he does is to bless the man. For the blessing makes rich and it adds no sorrow. Can I hear amen? Oh, make me feel like preaching this one. Somebody read. Shout a living amen. Hallelujah. God does not have time to address the curse. He just introduces the blessing. The blessing will swallow the curse. You, you, you don't address darkness. Just put on lights. Blessing and causes can never dwell together. And one is superior. The blessing is superior. So when it comes in, it eliminates all causes. So Moses came and he said, this is the blessing Moses is. Then Moses said, let Reuben live and not die. Let his men not be few. From that day, the limitation that Jacob put upon Reuben, another man removed it. He said, I cap you here. You are not going to excel. Moses said, no. Let him live and let his men not be few. That means the restriction is taken away. It's no more few. Let him multiply. Moses didn't say that, Reuben, what your father said about I'm about to undo now. No. He just said his own word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The blessing. Hallelujah. And Reuben rose again by the virtue. See, it is not what is what to do. It's a, what is behind what to do. The blessing makes your life beautiful. It carries you on eagle's wing. Hallelujah. 
There's a limit to the height you can attain by yourself. But when you are carried, when you run, you get tired. But when you are carried by a car, the car does the work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The blessing. The Bible says it makes rich. And it adds no sorrow. No sorrow. No sorrow. No sorrow. Why is it that God prefers to use a man? God appeared. Jacob's story was rather wonderful. Maybe that was why he had this great anointing to bless and bless again. Jacob's beginning was the father blessing him. Then later, God himself blessed him. Then he was in Laban's house. And when he was about to see his son, he needed another dimension of blessing. And this time another an angel appeared. The Bible says a man was wrestling with him. The Bible didn't tell us that it was specifically an angel. He said, let me go. He said, no, unless you bless me, you are not going anywhere. Jacob said, you see, I'm already a blessed man by my father, by God, but I'm about to face Esau and his army. I don't need destruction of Esau. I just need the blessing. If it's on me, Esau will not be able to harm me. Blessed people cannot be harmed by anybody. Hallelujah. Whatever they do, continues. I realize Isaac was blessed. That was why he sowed in the land and he reaped hundredfold. And the Bible said the Philistine envied him. Because something was upon Isaac. It was upon Abraham. Abraham first of all got it from God. But then Melchizedek came also and pronounced it on Abraham. And he moved from the one who had promised to the one who had the blessing. Never joke. Our generation. That is the danger. It's moving people towards commonizing men. Ah. When we sat down in the office talking, Apostle was telling me a story. They went to meet this man. One of the northern places or so. He's about 100 years old or 200. Oh no, 100 or 110 or so. They said everyone he has prayed for. People always live long when he prays for them. When they got there, Apostle said he took seed to go and see this man to receive impartation for long life. When he got there, the Bible talks about long life when you honor your parents. Who? Your parents. But see, men in authority who are like parents can speak long life into your life. I said, when they came in, he said, well, don't be saying the word doing apostle. I said, come here, kneel down there. You are here to receive something. I don't recognize your apostleship. Who likes to be my friend? And he said, he first left them there on the news. And there are people that God will send from time to time to add something to your life. Yeah. One of the visions that Rick Joyner saw, Jesus gave him the torch and the sword. He was caught up to heaven. As he was about leaving, I don't know whether it was Noah or somebody appeared and he said, come, before you go, I must bless what the Lord has given you. And it was one of the Lord as he said, yes, I bless anyone the Lord brings here before they leave. Men are not just men. Believe me sincerely, men are systems. I told them something deep for service. Moses got it wrong for 40 years. He ran away. He wanted to do it by himself and he killed somebody. Those 40 years, the, the Israelites kept suffering. And God did nothing about it. He waited 40 years. The anointing was on Moses and God didn't change his mind. In those 40 years, some slaves died in Egypt. They were not supposed to die. They died because a man delayed them. Your destiny is not all about yourself. 
There are people who can speed it up or slow it down. Some of the people who, like those who like to say hyper grace are there, they will argue this message, but that is the truth I've just told you. I looked at many of them and I look at the level they operate and I look at how where they are. It's unfortunate. When you neglect something, you pay for it. To bless. To bless. To bless. Hallelujah. I want to stop here today. We are going to consider different people. I want to talk about Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 9. But Jabez also recognized. He said, Oh, that you bless me indeed. The Bible says his mother gave back to him in sorrow. Jabez did not say, My mom should die and this one, all this sorrow. He just understood that regardless of my situation in life, my mom gave back to me in sorrow. So they call me a, a very terrible name. He said, But all I need is a blessing. The blessing. Sir, Abraham's servant, Genesis 24, he did not know God directly, but he obeyed an instruction Abraham gave him. Abraham said, go and get my son a wife. He said, sir, how can a woman say yes to marry somebody she had never seen? He said, my God. Abraham mentioned, I will start this another day, maybe on Wednesday. If we check Genesis 48, before Jacob prayed for the two sons of Joseph, he said, the angel that guided me when I went to Laban's house, Jacob must have seen the angel and he saw one Genesis 33. There was a particular angel of the Lord. One of the messages I will pray for the end of this or early next year is the angel of the Lord, angel of his presence. Jacob recognized and he said, the angel that protested, may he name my, the name upon this land. Jacob recognized a particular angel responsible for his prosperity and his protection in Laban's house. Who was this angel? Probably the same one that worked with his grandpa, Abraham. When Abraham's servant said that, sir, how can this be possible? He said, the Lord whom I have worked with, said the angel of the Lord. There is a particular angel in our lineage. When we bless people, they follow. That was what Abraham was saying. You see, ah, we are getting to a point that I did not know we might be getting to this morning. Angels have angels under them. Every angel has a mission on that. Hebrews 1, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? Every angel. When we call for a meeting in worship and I begin to make pronouncements, as many who receive, something goes with them. When you receive a blessing spoken, number two, when you put yourself in a position where you obey an instruction, something happens to you. It is true. Sometimes it can be very fast. There was a, 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 a story I gave for service. For those of you that were the first time you remember, it's a pathetic story. This was a marriage that was separated and they just, everything, all of them, I mean, the man and the woman, we used to stay on the streets and I'll be walking. I think I told you the story, sir, when we were talking. And I'll be walking up and down. So I met this lady, very beautiful lady. I love that kid, beautiful kid. So I started asking, where's your husband? I told me the story that, oh, we, you know, they separated, went back to the east. They are from, I think, Anambra, went back to the east. And because his business caps, everything turned. So she joined us. She was a little older than all of us. We were just few in the church at that time. 
And one day, I felt this song true. So I told her that, speak to your husband, you should come back together. And the man came back to Lagos. He was a Catholic. And he started coming to church. He was much more older than the wife, so much older than all of us. And he was always in church. And one day after service, I said, let's pray. I called the two of them. We didn't have an office. They just saw at the back, and I prayed, and I told them. What I felt, at times we feel like fire, at times we don't need to feel anything. But it was so hot in my spirit. I said, you'll be visited this week. The husband's friend ran into a senator. The three of them were colleagues in school. He had tried to read the senator for years, all to no avail. And this senator asked the friend, where is, mention his name. Ah, he said, things are not well with him. Oh. That he's been in the East. He just came out to Lagos to reunite with his wife. And the senator told the friend, give me his number. And he called him. And he said, how are you doing? And he said, I've been trying to reach out. Ah, it's everything. And after talking, he said, I'm going to give, help you to set up a business. They forced his torment. He gave him five million. That should be 2011 or 12. Imagine how much five million would be that time. And he said, Force his torment. About two weeks after that, I was preparing for service. And I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, The people, the forces, the things around the man, because he used to be a wealthy man, drawing him down, they are still there. Tell him to protect the money they've given him by giving tithes. I said, Lord, I won't. I have never, that many of you know. I said, he will think that. I said, Lord, he will think. Because he shared the testimony of five million, that's why we have tithes money. I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to tell him. And the Lord reminded that, boy, you made a vow that you always obey me. You are, I am the Lord. Your reputation is not more important than what I'm giving you. It was tough for me because I wouldn't want to do such a thing. I never told anyone of you that kind of thing before. I'll come and give it because I, said, I can't do that. And Lord said, no, tell him. Ah. But see, God is kind when he sees your heart. As I was in the office after service, I saw it two of them from afar. I, I, I didn't know how to say it. Then the wife walked up to me and just said that, Pastor, there's one I, I want to tell you that. When I was praying, it came to my spirit to tell my husband to give a tithe of that money. Ah. I said, sister, that is what I've been afraid to tell you. I said, now that God has told you himself, fine. I said, so he told me the same thing. The following week, the husband came to me. I said, you know what, Pastor? Me, I don't know how to hear God. He said, but I woke up in the morning and this thing was heavy in my heart. I should do it. He said, so I'm going to do it. He told me himself. But no, he kept spending the money. 250 for this, 400 for this. Then he put one million to start something. I would say, I would, he kept telling me, so it became a fight between the two. He told me, I will, I will give later. I will later. And he finished the money. Now the senator didn't call him again. So he called the senator. The senator bad is not bad, bad is normal. By the time he called three times, the member just bad normal, then he couldn't call again. Before we left our former place, he returned back to the east in his wretched state again. One day I sat in the morning and I started crying, thinking about this case. And I was thinking in my heart, you never had an idea that someone was going to give you five million. Some of you have tried to call for years and to give God 500 problem till you went back to your state. He allowed the devouring. He opened up himself. Before we left the place, they separated again. And last time she sent the message, said she has married someone else. It's painful. Why would somebody ask God for something and then that thing becomes your God? 
I don't teach false fruit or anything as a doctrine. But see, if a believer has a problem with it, it's because you are not, you are, you are on a new job. You are going to receive salary for as many years as but you can't give God one. It's not a doctrine, so we don't talk about it. But when I see people, I just wonder why I should cling to. If I'm going to, if I'm working in Shan, I'm going to be there for 10, 11 years, just one month, one month, and I'm already buying suit and tie. Should be a month before I did not have a job and I did not die. That's where I equate anything. What of if it is stolen? The time God asked me to give a car, it was very simple. I remember a friend that came to my house and he was going and then he went to somebody's house and then he got a new car the following week and he parked outside the supermarket and he stole the car away. He did not die now. So I'm just thinking about it now. Why should I find it difficult? Listen, I'm ending with this. Why did Isaac say to his own son, I want to bless you, but bring food first. Why didn't he just pray for the boy? Big question. Why did Elijah say to the widow, make my food first? Before he now said, when he finished it, I'm sure the widow's boy would have caused Elijah. If there was Facebook that time, he would write against all this, our prophet will lay. I mean, it's say, me and my mom, one food, the last plate, one idiot who called him, say, prophet came and he said we should give him. <laughs> of course, even if I was the boy, I would react also. He'd be looking at one old man. We are trying to eat our last food and you are taking it. You ask your mom, mommy, are you, are you all right? Are you going to give this guy? If your God is powerful, let your God feed you now. Why are you telling us? But you see, it was there for their sake. Sometimes, you have to understand God. Sometimes, he can do everything, but he moves by faith. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it is impossible. There must, be, there must be an input on your side, on your part, and that input is your obedience to God. Have you ever thought about this before? They wanted to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. The same God that fed two million people, giving them manna every day, asked Moses. He said, tell them to bring an offering. Couldn't he provide? It was not for the tabernacle, it was an opportunity. Listen to me, let me say it as it is. Every program we have in this church, everything we are buying, whether I want to buy something, fix something, anything we are doing or we are constructing, it is an opportunity for God to bless his people. Can I hear me? He, he does that. He can send somebody from outside without all of us. He does that once in a while to prove to all of us that I don't need you. But if I ask you to come along, it's for your good. When we were about 20, we needed to play parent and we did not have it. I mentioned the Tobo. He works with energy and pass some money. All of them will remember. It came, they said they shared a conference in Nigeria. It was in the UK then. And they said that his office sponsored him to come. He came only to get to Nigeria and they said that the conference had been cancelled. He stayed in one hotel on Saturday and on Sunday morning came to church. In the morning, the Lord said that we needed about 100K. 100K was a big money and I mentioned it. And he just, I just woke up to after. I said, now nah, I know why I'm in Nigeria. He said, when I woke up this morning, I heard the word 100K. He said, the Lord said, I should give you 100K. And he just gave the money. And he went back to UK. God brought... <laughs> he, he proves many times that this is me at work. But you see, when he tells us to come along, it is because Jesus preached his first sermon and they stoned him. He said there were many widows. But to none of them was Elisha said. Why? It was only the one that responded by faith that got the result. People hated that message and they stoned Jesus. They are still stoning pastors when they preach that message today. 
the likes of Frieza and the rest of Kula and all those people, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. They are still stoning people when they hear the same message. Because Jesus too was stoned when he said so. Yeah. But whereas, this is the way. One day, I was in a particular camp of a church, which I don't want to say, I have an idea. That time, please, only do things like when you have a leading. I had a leading to stay away from food for seven days. About the fifth day, I was so weak. I was just taking a walk, praying. And I got to this auditorium of this church. And I saw these people, they put clothes on the floor and the rest. I just wanted to sit down there to pray. And some little children came to me and they needed money. So I started giving them 200. Because that all I had, my family and 200. And their parents came us and they were asking for money. I one took this. So I gave one a thousand. I surely went to buy something. And I was looking at the person. I said, do they think God wants them to be at that level? He just showed a little sign now by asking me to give them money. They consume it of what they needed. People will speak emotionally by saying, hey, but that's their level. What can they do 1K? If she had given 200 out of it, somebody would have walked up to give her 10K. People can begin to move from one level to another. God would have opened another opportunity for her to find a job or a business or somebody with an employer. It is true. As I was leaving, I looked back and I said to myself, they will stay at the level of begging people. They will think that is all they are. And this is why there will be many tears in there. When people see opportunity that God has provided for them, but their greed or their fear has kept them away from it. It is true. Very true. Hallelujah. If you come every Sunday to church expecting a word to be spoken over you, it will be so according to your faith. Every Monday you walk in with strength. You walk anywhere. The blessing is like aroma. It smells on you. People see you and they respond to you. They say no to other, but they open up for you. They just like you. They just like you. It's true. Hallelujah. He has risen from the dead, his Lord. If there is a pattern that is not right in anybody's life, it is cancelled right now. Amen. I'm trying to wait till we get to this end. I said some things. If you attended last Sunday service casually, thank God for YouTube and video. Go back to the message. Get back to all the words spoken last week. The one that sent his testimony, one of the testimonies, Last week Sunday was his first Sunday in this church. And before Friday, two major testimonies. One, he said he imported in a car. And the car knocked. A big liability that disturbed him inside out. Few months, for months, he had left the issue. The car, car was just abandoned. He did not look for a buyer again. Somebody called him on Tuesday, just after Sunday service. I thought I heard that you... And that's how God works. It will make men remember you. And the person bought it for a good amount. Now, when Thomas sent me that, that a testimony on Tuesday or Wednesday, by Friday, the guy sent another one. Their land. Mom's land that she had tried to sell. Mentioned by I don't know where. One good piece of property, but for years, 
Someone just showed up and bought for a good price also. And Lord, let me for service to pray for everybody who has something to sell. Because somehow when you share testimony along, the, along a particular line, the anointing along that line is also available. So maybe I can extend it to those who are here also. You have something you are trying to sell and it's not selling. I speak the blessing over that thing. That before the end of the year, you will not only sell, you will sell it for a very, very good price. Please, make your amen louder. Shall we rise? You know, it can be so much on you that office will recognize that they prosper anywhere you walk. They just notice an increase. Not only now, it's happening in your life, but it's also happening with everyone. Once people employ you, in six months, they talk about acceleration. Yes. It's true. I say this in most of the leaders in this church repeatedly. They share some amazing testimonies. Speed. Wherever you walk, wherever you walk with people, they just recognize. You live in a house and things begin to boom because you are there. Things begin to, things begin to open up and they can recognize that because of you. A man employs you and he goes to another level and he recognizes that it's because you are working in that office. That was what, it, it's the blessing. It's the blessing. I, I explained from Jacob that it, it's not a one-time thing. At different stages of your life, the blessing is spoken over you and it elevates you to another level. The ultimate one, you already have it in Christ. Everyone that's born again is already blessed in Christ. But there is one that man must pronounce on you from time to time. Paul said it to many churches. He blessed them. He said something to the Philippian church. He said, no other church communicated in terms of giving. He said, only you. He said, so I say, my God shall supply all your needs. He didn't say that to any other church. But there must be a step taken on the part of man. There must be a step. Let me say this to everybody. The annual conference coming is a good opportunity we are having ministers coming to speak. Already many people, some people have been responding, giving to us the conference. We won't dedicate a day to say we are raising money. We don't have any special deals. But I'm saying to all of you, between now and January 5, be part of those who give towards this meeting. And what do you give? Obey. Pray and ask God to lead you. And whatever the Holy Spirit say, partial obedience does not bring any blessing. And that's what some people do. Do exactly what the Lord tells you to do and watch what God will do. I told them for service of one of us, who is a pilot. Any type of man is coming. There have become two or three people who try to do the same thing now. The guy will always ask the accommodation, the flight, how much every time he will send it. I sat outside one day, just outside here, just this is a very young guy. And he woke up to me and he told me the highest trained aviation, how they picked him for it, and how they bankrolled it for him. I told the pastor, I, I, I just got a property on Adeni Jones. When will you come? At this, a young guy. When did he get married? Well, the one that joined him. Just young, 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 young stuff. But I'm proud of what God is doing in his life. It's true. But you know, anytime we'll be some people, we just stand. You are looking, others are responding. Have you ever sat down to have a conversation with God? 
especially about your finances. Have you sat down to have a conversation with God? It will always lead to, it will give you an instruction. If you follow the instruction it gives, God might say some things that will shake you at times. You want to imagine how the widow felt when the Lord said, I give your own food. How Abraham felt when God said, Isaac. But his commandments are not bothersome. Because it takes you to another height. It is true. The angel swore to Abraham saying, blessing, I will bless you. Even though God had blessed him before. So Abraham received blessing from God from Mechizedek. Then an angel came down one day. There was something he did that moved God and said, you gave, you did not withhold your only begotten son. Say, oh boy, wow. Yes. When you are dealing with ministers of God also, there are moves you can make that can cause the blessing to come upon you. It is true. Paul talked about the sweet smelling stuff, what I saw. Have you ever read it? Genesis chapter 8 and 9. Noah came out of the ark and he offered a sacrifice. And the Bible said, God smelt it, God. And he said, I swear, why the ark remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. If not the offer, would he have said something? We don't know. But what we know is that the Bible says God smells. God smells. Are there things that men do or not and they smell to heaven? Yes. Oh, before the end of the year, I pray for somebody. You will take a step that heaven will smell. And God himself will pronounce something on you that son, as far as you are concerned, this is God. This is a word we can take to bank anytime. No matter the situation in the country, you will say to somebody that me, I heard God told me that as long as I am in this thing, no, it cannot fail. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to see everybody flying next year. That's how we are preparing. Are you ready? When you get home, any time of the trip, please pray. Pray. Between now and the 5th of January, we are working towards giving towards the conference. Follow the Lord as He leads you any day. But please just obey whatever He tells you to do. That's what I'm going to say. All the men coming will pronounce blessings on you. Something must happen to you. Hallelujah. 2021, you must fly. High. Hallelujah. Whatever you do must prosper. Your home must prosper. Your marriage must prosper. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, these are the days that God is doing something with young people. You might be 21, 22, yet you can employ 40 people. Never have the dream that you are going to do great things when you are 50. You can be 27 and produce tremendous results. Your parents are happy because of what they see in your life. That is what is happening to everybody. We bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. 
If you have said those words, well, be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.